is we welcome back to the garage guys nascar race recap it is now known as the nascar podcast uh, <coughs> i had to cough it's me garage guy chase um i'm also joined by dale tanhart and uh and vaguely in the background uh our our guy the man the myth the legend chris ross cooking up a storm yeah i just hit the crock pot with some vegetables i think but Missing. yeah i i What's that? So I miss him. He's a great guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Got to We got to make the indie thing happen again for the five hundred one of these days. But I, um, I guess we're talking Homestead Miami. Everything that came out. Uh, I just saw an interesting report. I, I think this is an interesting way to start this a report. All this, all this talk about, uh, everything I predicted about Kyle Busch that came to fruition. Which was a, a or uh, as you'd say, an aspiracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a tweet from somebody that said on the Door Bumper Clear podcast that Joe Gibbs Racing did apparently offer Kyle Busch a contract, Ooh. and he turned it down. A I think a like a ten million dollar contract. Eh. So yeah. that's interesting because Kyle Busch, if he did turn it, if that's true, and he did turn it down. He did have an opportunity to stay at Joe Gibbs Racing. So that's, I, I wonder if he was getting paid more like $20 million a year, $20 to $30 million a year. And now that M&M's was leaving, maybe that, you know, maybe they they pushed it down to somewhere around the $10 million mark. But I thought that was interesting. I saw that about maybe an hour ago. That's but, really it just hit my mind. No, I, I feel like that that definitely deserves a talking point before we dive into the race. Dixie Vodka 400. Um, but with Kyle, I mean, hell, like you're, you're probably right. He was probably somewhere around the 20 million mark. And then we also have to think like what could have went wrong? I know one thing. You know, Kyle's a busy man. He's trying to sell energy drinks now. You know, his wife is an Instagram influencer um his child is racing in go-karts so i mean there's a lot going on 10 million probably just wouldn't cut it and i you'd have to think that he was willing to give him 5 million worth of joe gibbs game plan for life pamphlets told him if he went and passed those out you know in front of the walmart on you know every once a week or something maybe he could get a little extra change there and so yeah it's just not uh it's not the best thing for kyle to, to stick around in that environment so how much was the contract with RCR? That's the question. I would have, I mean, it's, if he was offered both and RCR was definitely more, there's no Why question. Why is that there. not public information? Every other sport we hear about these signings, we hear about, you know, how much money they're getting. I feel like let them join the party. Let, or maybe they don't want the world to know. I don't know. Ever since NASCAR had the purses removed from the public, on like a driver to driver team to team standpoint, I feel like the contract details went away with it and it all, it all hasn't come back yet. Now we've had the purses come back, but uh, to a certain degree, I don't know if we see individual purses per race. I don't know how much we've seen that. Definitely not all the time, but I would Bob, Bob Pockers, Bob Pockers always tweets uh, each week on Wednesday or Thursday, like the total purse uh, based upon series, 
NASCAR Cup, NASCAR Xfinity, NASCAR Trucks. Basically, guys and trucks don't – there's no way they make a profit. Like, no fucking way they make profit. And then Cup and Xfinity get most of the share. But we – yeah, those contract details are interesting. And I think that, in a way, certainly hurts the sport. I, I, I think no question about it. Like, They're fans – Fans salivate over that kind of shit, man. And they shouldn't be, dude. Like, they should not be. $20 million is a lot of money. Even, like, I know it's kind of a world of sports that is like, you know, 56 million, you know, 100 million. Yeah, I can understand where that intimidation factor would come into play for, you know, some of these corporate guys and girls. Yeah, but you're never going to be that. Even back in the day, even probably with Earnhardt and Gordon and Jimmy Johnson with in his dominance and Dale Earnhardt Jr., the probably the four biggest uh, prize money earners ever, and throw endorsements in there as well. I still don't think you were competing with the NFL numbers that just exploded, like with these unbelievable contracts. NBA similarly has crazy contracts, and the MLB which I could be wrong about this. I don't know if they still have a salary cap or not, but they were like uncapped uh, for a long time, I believe. And you had unbelievable MLB contracts. So you're just never going to – motorsports are just totally different. You're just never going to compete with those kind of numbers. And I don't know. I, I think regardless of how much it is, the public should know, no matter what. That's my opinion. No, absolutely, and you're 100 percent right. It's just, uh, yeah, they they've got to they got to figure out they got to figure out everything, and and I think they will. I think they'll get they'll get to it. You know, all it all it really takes is just saying, hey, this is the amount. But I guess you know, enjoy your privacy while you have it. I mean, Dale Earnhardt and them they made more money off of all of their other ventures outside of racing anyway. So that's what people have to remember at the end of the day. Endorsements are law. It's how it goes. It's how the world turns. You are the consumer. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff there. There was also a couple of little news pieces that popped up so far during the week. It is uh, Wednesday when the show is dropping. Um, I know that uh, Luke Lambert should be Tony Lambert. He's going to be Noah Gregson's crew chief, which is uh, they, they look like they definitely have similar styles. So that's good. You know, you got to have that vibe right to be able to do that well i it's that's huge for noah i think because he's in luke lambert came down from the cup series i think he was austin dylan's crew chief and was with rcr for a while when um dave ellens left the nine team to go to richard petty luke lambert came down to be noah gregson's crew chief for the nine car this year and they've absolutely killed it they've had Went championship or no championship from a, just a, a number of wins and domination, dominating performances they've had. It's one of the strongest years for a junior motorsports driver and team ever. Uh, they've won eight times this year now and do have a spot in that final four at Phoenix. But that's huge for Noah Gregson. I think that's huge for Richard Petty Motorsports that are Petty GMS, I should say, Petty GMS now. Yeah. That's that's I always forget that. Uh, huge for that organization that now they've got 
Noah paired with the guy that's had the mo- that he's had the most success with coming to cup. And he's already got the cup experience too. Like I said, with RCR uh, for a few years. And I, I think it was with Austin Dillon for a while. So they, they won a couple of races together in the cup series. So it's going to be good. Big, big momentum for Petty GMS, dude. I mean, yeah. Eric Jones getting that win at Darlington had a pretty solid year. And now you got Noah Gregson coming in with the new crew chief and, that could be that could be a very big year for them next year. Can't wait could to see both those guys getting a win. So we'll see. Can't wait to see the merch. Can't wait to see the fans and how they react because you know that 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 Gregson fan base coming heavy and hot. So it's going to be cool to see. Um, yeah, obviously some other little things here and there, but the main story of the week and everybody knows it and everybody can act like they don't. But the garage guys had a feeling about Kyle Larson. We knew a little something, a little something, something. I, I was able to get on him early in the week at plus 1000. And it was specifically off of just thinking about how dirt guys love to rip top at Homestead. It's one of my favorite things to say in life is rip top. I love red dog. I had a weird feeling. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't pull the trigger on red dog this week. I know a lot of people were on him. Uh, I know you included. I know that I saw a video that you had put out and I, I wasn't going to say nothing. I didn't want to mess up no juju. I would never want to bring no bad juju to the red dog himself, but I just was feeling the Larson energy. And then I, I didn't even know that he had the Vaveline paint scheme. There's never been a race that I've bet on Kyle where he's in that car that I've lost yet. So that's a cool stat right there as well. But shout out to Larson, shout out to the five team in a weird situation as well. And uh, definitely want to get your thoughts on this, Dale. Weird situation is this is the first time since 1963 that a car has made it to a championship for a team um, and the driver has not. Pretty wild stuff there. It's simple. It's just the playoff format. And with the the amount of parity we've had this year on, a, on just a completely insane level is the reason for that, where you can be eliminated as a driver two rounds ago, or I guess in this case, he didn't make the round of eight. So the last round and your team can still be in the fight. And also you, you consider the curb push situation, right? And the bubble wall situation, the 45, uh, 45 was still in the owner's championship. That's out the window now, probably because Bubba got suspended. And th- there's, I don't know what the owners' championship points look like right now, like in detail. Who but that's that, like, that's a, cr- yeah, right. Like, no one, <laughs> no one wants to really. And actually, they, it's, uh, let's see, owners' championship. It's on the NASCAR tab. Penske, Trackhouse. Uh, so right now, if you look at the owner points, Team Penske with Joe Logano's in first. Trackhouse Racing with Rolf Chastain's only five points behind. Then Chase Elliott, William Byron, Kyle Larson. That's your top five. And they do the same thing, which I I don't know. Like, I find myself defending the playoff format more than opposing it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it, and I don't think it's the worst thing ever, and I think it's okay. Like, I'm – you know, I find myself enjoying the playoff format most of the time, year by year. But it's kind of silly to me that we do this with the owners thing too. Like, I, I still think the owners' championship 
should be an overall accumulation and not elimination format style shit. Cause now we have a crazy stat like this with Kyle Larson. And, um, and if that were the case, it'd be a great battle. Like Joey Logano only has a, according to this, the NASCAR app only has a five point advantage or the number 22 team, I should say only has a five point advantage over the number one team and only a 13 point advantage over the nine team and only a 19 point advantage over Byron and a, or, the 2014 and only a 20 point advantage over the five team. So that's a really close race. That's like a really close natural. Well, it's not natural because they broke it down actually. So forget what I just said, but it probably wouldn't. The, the nine team would probably win it. If you look at like the, everybody wants to show this picture of Winston style points. Like if we had Winston style points in 2022, Chase Elliott would have already like clinched the championship. Probably two, two or three races ago. And while I, I think it's stupid to have this format for the, for the owner's championship, no question about it. For the driver's championship, guys, like, everybody who keeps posting that screenshot and saying, like, man, like, this is bullshit. Like, this is so dumb. We've been at NASCAR postseason or NASCAR playoffs, NASCAR chase, a.k.a. a postseason. We have been at a postseason for 19 years get the fuck over it get over it this is not going to come back as an og chase fan and i've i feel like almost every episode this comes up i want the og chase back that we had in 2004 because that i think was the best overall chase ever other than 2011 Really? I, 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 want, I want I want my NASCAR season to basically end middle of the way if somebody wins every race by 20 seconds, kind of like Max Verstappen. That's how I want my NASCAR. You want someone so you want someone to clinch the championship on like week 18? Is that no, what you I was said? Completely fucking sarcastic. I know, I know you were, but like, yeah, that's what that's what happens in Formula One typically, and it's happened this year with uh that's how it used to be in the Winston Cup series, though, kind of. I mean, it was just basically right. all about right playing. and Everybody is, it's a very, very slippery, excuse me. It's a very slippery slope here because people are like, well, Formula One is doing amazing right now. And they don't like the fans clearly don't care about their championship thing. Like, so it proves (laughs) it, it, it proves that they're saying like, oh, that proves that it could work in NASCAR again if we did it. But the problem, the deal with Formula One right now is like, the drive to survive and the the stigma around it has made it to where the racing just doesn't matter that much. Like the outcomes don't matter as much over there because of their excellent marketing and presentation. And we, me and you talk about that a lot. Right. Right. I do think NASCAR and doing their own playoff format, that's their identity, right? As we, we talk week to week about NASCAR kind of having an identity problem, like we're on this like every week, every episode. Yeah, we, yeah, we, are, conversation. we are. But because it always comes up and, and it's always something Twitter related where people want to bitch about this format. I don't think it's that bad. I want the OG chase back, but I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. I'm not going to sit here and and, hey, and bro, be like, a you got me. I'm right here. The OG chase is here. I'm in the building. Yeah, that's yeah. Good point. Wow. Uh, how about that? Good play on words. But I think let, let's like the format is not terrible. 
were there people terrible. pissed about Kyle this weekend? Is that is that why we're kind of going here? Like, was there a lot of like flack on Twitter about like how it just like I mean it did it does suck like to see Kyle Larson win this race. He's been waiting to win this race for so fucking long, and then for him to not be able to go on into you know a championship, I, th- I feel like that's just yes. And brutal. if you want to complain about something, you got to complain about William Byron's penalty getting overturned because that is what has has changed the outcome here because Mm. if he doesn't get that penalty or if he if that penalty stands from texas when he wrecked any hamlin under caution which it should have to be frank it should have never been fucking rescinded that is insane that they pulled that penalty he should have been penalized points for wrecking somebody under caution what are the rules but the rules that and that's like the worst thing that could happen because now yes everybody a lot of people are pissed because Kyle Larson would be in the championship four right now had they not done that. But the way I see it, like, yeah, it sucks. But the way I see it is Kyle Larson should have had a better round. Kyle Larson sh- should have performed better. If Kyle Larson didn't fuck up in that in whatever turn that was where he hit the wall and, and damaged his race car at the Roval, he would be in the championship four right now. And that's how Kyle Larson sees it. Kyle Larson even said it in interviews like, I didn't do enough. Like I, I wasn't good enough. That's how it should be seen, but it's going to have this black cloud over it because of that. The whole issue with the William Byron penalty and those situations fucking suck. And I hate when they come up regardless. Yeah. I don't, you were there. You were in Miami. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but about the, the weekend, the weather, uh, the, the track itself, you know, was this your first time? I'm pretty sure this was your first time, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was nice. It was nice. Oh, I know you're trying to steer me in the right direction here, Chase, but if you're one of those people that are bitching and want Winston-style points back, shut the fuck up, okay? Just shut up because it's not coming back. Get with the times and stop complaining because what we have today, it is fun, and it makes everybody have to perform all the time. I do so, agree. That's my final thoughts on that. But, yeah, getting back to Homestead, other than the, the clock. What's that? The clock. Oh, is the clock going off? Can you hear it? See, I've got way too... No, no, I actually can't hear it this time. Usually I can. Yeah, you're good. I, it's weird because I've been able to hear your phone going off, but I can't hear the clock. That's crazy. Shout out. Shout out to the it, clock. Yeah. Well, we cannot that, hear it. That was the intermission. Yeah, I got to... Like, all my equipment's, like, really good now. So I have really good equipment. And yeah, that's true. doesn't pick it up as good anymore, but I tried. Yeah, no. Yeah, back and, uh, to Miami. Sorry about good that. Good thing or a bad thing. Uh, or Winston matter. points. Winston points. Yeah, people quit. We're crying. done with Winston points forever, guys. Yeah. We're so done. Go to but Miami. Miami. Yeah, yeah. Go go watch that. But uh, it's glorified paint drying is what Formula One is. Um, no, but Miami was cool. I think it's one of the most beautiful races I've ever seen. Like in terms of just the the sun setting and the track, the style of racing, and it doesn't matter if it's cup trucks or Xfinity, they all kind of race similarly. And in this case, the fastest vehicles won every race this weekend, which as a better is typically a good thing. Yeah. We talked about, you had Kyle Larson at 10 to one. I had him at eight and a half to one, but everybody had him like, yeah, everybody, dude. Yeah. This was that week. This was that week that was like, finally, and this was usually a good week for me because it is the, what I like to call it and how I like to judge my betting 
analysis and my betting personality, I'm a what's most likely to happen guy. And that's what that was this weekend. And I still lost money. I picked Gregson. I picked Byron to win the poll and I picked Larson, but had so many other stupid fucking bad bets that I did not profit. And that is just because I'm an idiot. People top tens, top five, shit like that. It just look, Colleg was fast and I had already bet on Justin Haley because I I was looking at data and I was like, dude, Colleg has some speed. Yeah. And AJ Allmendinger was amazing, man. Yeah. I've never seen somebody be able to run the bottom like he was able to and, and pass. It was he's got ridiculous. ovals out. He figured out ovals. He won, he won Talladega and he's like, I'm the king, bitch. He's like, I'm here. Like he finally yeah. put it down, you know. Oh, look, he he has a lot of momentum heading into next year going full time in cup. His second half of this year, he's been really good in that 16 car. But I think Justin, Justin was also fast, but he hit the wall and, and cut a tire down and that fucked my day up. Denny Hamlin is incapable of closing out races. And, and that was so frustrating to watch when his pit crew would get him out first or second or third every single pit stop. And then he would just fade. And I had him for a top three. So, yeah, I just several bad bets on my end. But a lot of people in the industry did profit and had massive days because of, they put the house on Kyle Larson. And we were one Vegas of those guys that had a good balls. day. We grabbed Vegas by the balls. It felt good. Felt good to grab him by the balls. You know, you got to get him by the nuts sometimes. Um, but, yeah, it, the you're talking about colleague, man. I uh I, I flirted with betting Justin Haley top ten. I'm not gonna lie, but it was like plus three fifty. So I went with Stenhouse plus six hundred top ten on Caesars, and almost I got was, it. I was more upset about that not hitting than I was like about anything else. Like honestly, it was exciting to hit Larson, you know, especially getting him at those odds because I feel like it was just ridiculous that he was even in that category to begin with. But I do understand based off of the season that he's had and where he's at so i get it but at the same time i'm just like wow like you're fucking dumb like and so yeah thanks DraftKings. um but from there like i guess the thing you were talking about denny and like how it was a disaster let's talk about martin truex jr and the disasters that <laughs> continue to happen to that to this man like dude it was a movie okay so he gets up front Everybody is like, you know, we're in the stream, by the way. If you were in the playback stream, it was me. It was Tony from Locks Don't Lie. And it was Ryan uh, Han Yolo from the site that does DFS rankings and projections, which, by the way, uh, there was a lot of John Hunter Nemechek in those. It didn't really work out as well, but hopefully enough people understood not to go super heavy on him, but saying that there was a higher points projection. So we're going to tweak the uh, projections going into the offseason to make them a lot more formatable for those of you that play DFS and want to just be able to plug and play those in your optimizers or simulators. But um, you could be like me and use your brain and just literally put one together with your hands and take down multipliers because that was the other great part of my day. It's been a minute since I came first in a DFS lineup, and I did that, and I felt fucking incredible. It was just an all-over good day. You see the industry suite with Larson. The DFS lineup that I put together it was a single entry. It fucking popped, and it was just beautiful. And so it couldn't have been a better day. It really couldn't have. Like It, it almost has me into this moment now where I'm like, okay, um, I'm nervous about Martinsville, but at the same time, I'm like, no sweat. Like, we're going to be fine. But with Martin Truex Jr., for anybody, and, they, they, and the reason I'm kind of here now is because 
it's very funny what we saw, especially when he spun backwards into his pit box. But there's st- like he's still like plus eight fifty for this weekend, and people are already like, oh yeah, yeah, Martin, yeah, Martinsville, Martin, yeah. It's like, bitch, did you not see how bad Toyota ran earlier in the year? I just don't, I don't get it, Dale. I don't get it. So I, 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 I'm, I don't know what I'm gonna do yet, but there's been a lot of time for them to figure it out, and. When you look at like Martinsville is Martinsville and it, it is its own thing, but looking at other short track data, Toyota figured it out through the course of the, of the season. So I think, I don't know though, like the ability to pass is, a, is such a concern here. It's pit road. It's going it's to make it. Yeah. Pit road. Absolutely. That's what I, I wasn't going to say. Pit road is number one, but that is what certainly helped William Byron win in the spring, but also just qualify. If you qualify up front and you're able to just maintain, you're going to be tough to beat. And I think William Byron and Chase Elliott both qualified top three. Looking back in the spring, if you want, for what it's worth, conditions will be different. Uh, But in the spring, it was freezing ass cold. We were there. And I know it's supposed to get kind of cold, but I still expect the conditions to be a little bit different than they were in the spring, but they had test sessions to kind of see if they could help mediate this problem with no passing. Um, Drivers said they put way more rubber down, but it was a lot hotter than it was in the spring. Temperatures are going to come down considerably since that test session. I'm looking at qualifying, man. Like if if you qualify up front here, I still think you're going to be one of the guys to beat. And yeah. my issue with Martin Truex is they – he did get the pole at New Hampshire, and he choked that race away. But overall, I, I just don't – they just don't qualify super well, the number 19 team. Typically don't qualify super well. And you mentioned how bad they were here in the spring. I mean, fucking abysmally bad, right? Hamlin was the worst, but they were, yeah, they were. Yeah, Truex is terrible, too. Kyle Busch and Bell were a little bit better. Uh, but Bubba, too. Bubba wasn't Bubba decent until he, he like, he fucked himself. Something happened in that race. But he was ass as shit, dude. I don't remember the 23XI teams, but I know uh, Gibbs, especially, was really, really bad. But the only guys that were, able to pass extraordinarily well from what I remember. Austin Dillon, both uh, Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney, and Ross Chastain both moved through the field pretty considerably well. Yeah, I don't know if that... I just don't know what to expect. Like, I I, in my head, I feel like it's not going to be that much different from the spring. That's kind of how I see it. And that's what worries me about, about Martin. But if you want to talk about Homestead, yeah, Martin Homestead. Let's talk about that guy, dude. And I was in the stands when it happened, and I jumped out of my seat because I, you know, I had Larson and Hamlin who were right behind. True, you were just hollering. Oh, I was, oh hollering, yeah, dude. oh, I was screaming, oh. dude. And the, imagine seeing it in the crowd, man. Like everybody jumped up, it was going berserk, and it was, it was just hilarious. And I, I feel bad because I actually went and talked to their team in the in the pre race. Uh, our guy Hunter Massling, yeah, I got to talk to him for a little while, and of course we were talking about, and a couple of the other crew members joined in our conversation, talking about just how crazy bad luck 2022 has been overall. And I had, uh, 
I kind of mentioned that. I was like, man, I just hate. I just told them, I was like, I hate betting on your driver. I hate betting on them. And, and they were like, yeah, I mean, it's just been one of those years, man. And, and of course, at, we had that conversation. It was, it was a good, lighthearted conversation. And I still got to throw in that I, that I hate Martin. I guess I still got to throw that in there. Yeah, I feel but, like they understand it. And if anybody understood that. <laughs> from a betting perspective, yeah. they have to understand, right? It's Hunter, dude. Like, Hunter, Hunter understands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hunter, Hunter's awesome. Him- when we bet on Martin Truex, we're not thinking about the driver. We're thinking about that team. We're thinking about Hunter. That's that's who we're betting on the the pit crew, dude. Like when we yes. bet on Martin Truex, that's where our brains at. That's how you that's how you get away with it, right? Based yeah. off of that conversation, I did feel bad after it happened. <laughs> after we had talked, like I sit there, I talked to them for maybe maybe about five minutes, just shooting the shit, and and that that the betting, my betting thoughts had come up. Um, after so I got seven more years, like while he was already in prison, you know, yeah. I mean? it's like, it's like watching a guy just go down like that. It's like, well, you got to fight in the lunchroom, dude, seven, seven more years added on to this sentence, you know, this life sentence at had. the minimum. Yeah. At the minimum, minimum yeah. Jeffrey what Dahmer style fault. sentence. Yeah. Wasn't even his what? fault, you know? He just, no. Yeah. And that's, I tweeted that, look, <laughs> I, I tweeted, uh, there's just no one who has been better historically and just be just from this year and maybe some races from last year too, who has found the most unique ways to lose races like Martin Truex, oh, yeah. whether it's his fault or not. And in this case, looking at replays, I, I, I couldn't tell live, could not tell live if it was his fault or not. To me, it was 100% his fault. You haven't he caught the broadcast yet, have you? I, I went back and watched some highlights. They were talking but, about that. They were like, there is no, like, Jeff Burton was, like, fucking just, I remember we were on playback, and Jeff Burton had came out and said, I was like, that is, like, the best thing Jeff Burton has said all year. That is the best thing that has came out of that man's mouth. He's like, man, there's just nothing like watching Martin Tricks just find the most uniquely great ways to just lose a race, like, just straight up, dude. It that was- is hilarious because that's exactly what I tweeted from yeah. the stands with no broadcast. Exactly. I, and, and that's how it's been. I mean, there's no other way to put it with those guys. Whether it's his fault or not, this was his fault. He was – I think he, he couldn't see, and he was going to miss a stall. And Max. When they they broke it down like Steve Latart, amazing in the booth. Love Steve Latart. I think he's the best in the business as a side analyst, as a, as a color guy. Talked about him in the uh, the playback channel too about how he puts a lot of emphasis on the endings of his sentences. He, he does do that, yeah, for sure. But he he, he mentioned it he, when they were breaking down the the mistake. You're you're when you go down pit road and you're about to hit your stall, you're supposed to blend out. But Truex clearly didn't was going to miss a stall or something or got confused because he did not blend out at all. He just abruptly tried to turn in front and slow down at the same time. So Kyle Larson ran into him. That 100% was Truex's fault. And, of course, in his interview, he said it was a little bit of both, quote-unquote. No, that was that was all on him, in my opinion. But to, to finish the Truex scary. talk. It was scary to see him hit Kyle because, like, I remember when that popped on, they were like, I think he's okay. I'm like, oh, thank God. I was like, dude, do not fuck this up for my guy because I had, like, I'm on the Blaine train right now, like, heavy. Like, I bet on Blaney. I had him plus 1,400, and he was having a decent run until he fucking screwed the pooch and, and spun the car coming off the pits. So I was happy he was running up there, and then I had Larson. And then I think I had Hamlin as well. And that was my three outrights. And I think I had like, like fucking a quarter of a unit on like Gregson. But yeah, like, I put like my, a 
sprinkle on Nemechek and Haley like a like fucking a dollar. But yeah. continue. The Nemechek thing, it just didn't check out. <laughs> no pun intended. But uh, but yeah, like seriously, with with all that happening, like I was just so nervous. But it was just good to see him close that out. But yeah, with the Blaine train thing, man. I mean, I know we're kind of crossing in and out of Homestead and Martinsville. I just want to make it publicly known right here. I haven't done this in a while. The last time I did it, things were looking up and then they kind of went to shit because that's kind of how Ryan Blaney's season's been. But I feel like it's got to end at some point. And if it's going to end, it's going to end now. Um, I am only betting on Ryan Blaney this week. He would be my only outright. I'm doing it again. I'm going for a solo bet. Yeah. I, uh, I don't hate that. I was thinking about betting on him too. Uh, and, and for qualifying as well. I mean, yeah. they, they've been really good at qualifying all year. I, I haven't seen what his odds are to get the poll. I feel like I've gotten to this point where I don't check odds until Tuesday night late. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like I'm always, especially recently, I'm always fucking traveling, like on Mondays or Tuesdays, and I get behind. But I do want to say one more thing about the Truex thing. And we have, I can't reiterate this enough. And anybody that has been following our content, for the, the entire duration of 2022. Martin Truex Jr., I've been saying it since like April or May after he, I don't remember, he lost. There was a race that he was do that he could have, should have won and, and blew it. Uh, maybe it was Richmond. Maybe it was after he went to Richmond one. Okay. Yeah. Nobody, yeah. nobody likes to lose more than Martin Truex Jr. Nobody hates winning more than Martin Truex Jr. I've been saying this for seven or eight months before all this other shit happened. There's some things you should listen to me about, Dale Center, Thursday nights, and there's some things you shouldn't listen to me about. Some bad bets, it happens. But if there's one thing you should have listened to me about, it is that there is nobody that loves to lose more than Martin Truex Jr. There's a reason why I've locked him away in prison for the past like two months now and you you now should understand that maximum security yes absolutely this guy i i it makes me it makes me sick it makes me fucking sick because i i still have bet on him at times and it, it's disgusting it's absolutely disgusting it's tough dude that's in i'm not talking about that motherfucker anymore Mm-mm. it's done it's over with uh there'll, there'll be more martin uh shenanigans on bringing winston back this friday as well by the way i liked your plug that you had in your your speech as well so it was good yeah we got a lot of got a lot of good content over on youtube you should go check that out thank you for listening to the podcast dale center's on the, the podcast now too so you can listen to it here but it's way better when you watch it same for bwb you know, it's just it's good to see us on screen, you know, you know. Yeah, that's all big time, big time screen presence. Both mm-hmm. of us have big vanity boy. That's me, how Master Yoda me was and Dale right there. Yeah, we're the ones. Um, so yeah, so yeah, no more true access done. But uh yeah, other than that, I mean it just it definitely sounded like you had a great time. I know I had a good time. Again, big shout out to everybody that came to the playback stream. We'll be doing those more as well. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be back on stream. Um, I will not be streaming this Sunday. However, uh, my boy, my best friend of more than 20 years is uh, is getting married in two weeks. So we're doing the bachelor party on Sunday. So kind of a weird day for a bachelor party, but that's what we're doing. So I'll be doing that and uh, I'll kind of be away 
so don't don't freak out but i'll you know i'll pop in here and there on the twitter and whatnot but uh got a i'm got put in the position of best man so got a lot of uh got a lot of obligations and things coming oh, up congrats. congrats thank you yeah it's fun time first best man wedding so i'm uh he was mine when i got married so you know vice versa but uh yeah i mean other than that really just I, I guess that's kind of a good place I can end it unless you have anything else you wanted to add to this show. I don't know. I feel like uh, we didn't go for very long, huh? Yeah, we got, you got, a, you, you, got a good 40 minute combo. I would did say. we? Yeah. Was it 40 what do y'all minutes? think right now listening to this? You think it's been long enough? Probably if we not. could get your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, just let us know right now. We'll wait. I do want to. I. I this is my event session sometimes when I have bad weekends. And I, I have to say, I tweeted this earlier, and I, I, it's like this didn't hit me. I gave out through my betting cards or Dale Center. There were four bettable racing sessions this weekend in NASCAR. Qualifying, trucks, Xfinity Cup. I gave out three, correctly picked three winners out of the four events and still did not profit. Blows partially because i got wrecked on trucks fuck ryan priest ryan priest is so dead to me i put the retirement fund on that 17 truck and and to add to the venting session i had a full breakdown on ty majeski like i gave out in the discord about why i thought he was going to be really good and then i spooked myself i spooked myself and you know what the sports book got me the sports books got me. They moved him in the opposite direction of where I thought they would move him. And I, I got a weird feeling. And I was like, this isn't the right thing to do. And I didn't bet on Simon Jeske. And he had everything I had said. All my breakdown of the Garage Guys Discord was all correct. And he fucking spanked everybody. Don't you ever sad. say that the sports book got you again. You're better than that, Dale. They didn't get you. You just misread. So. No. You misread it. If listen, no, no, no. Listen, I am I give credit when credit is due, and they got me. I got got and, and I get it because I smoked them in Vegas last week. So they got the revenge in Miami in a way. Like Noah Gragson was like even money, didn't make shit off of that, had terrible matchup plays. Mm. Trucks murdered me. God, it makes me mad. You're still a winner, and everyone knows it. We still win. Of course, of course. But hey, it's about how you respond to the to the sports books. Got getting got you, and, and we're here to respond in Martinsville this weekend. You just wait, That's Sam. It. Sam Mayer, think about it. Xfinity. I mean, I'm going to join you. I never bet Xfinity, but you know what? I'm fucking joining you this weekend. I'm I'm here. I'm here for that, dude. I'm here for some Sam Mayer energy. I had Sam Mayer at Talladega. And dude, I would, oh, that's tough. Damn. Yeah, it sucks, dude. I've literally I saw nobody was on Sam Mayer, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, let's roll. I feel like this kid's ready. Because after we talked to him and met him, I was just like, you know, this kid's got a good head on his shoulders. He's not, he's not fucking dumb. I mean, I don't, I think he's got some grit to him. He's got what it takes. Quiet, but he's got what it takes. I mean, I mean, dude, literally took a punch from like a fucking robot from Terminator. So like I'm, eight of them. Yeah. Yeah, he's got it, dude. Yeah, I look. Twelve to one, great stats at Martinsville in his young career. Junior Motorsports has Gragson in already. They have Josh Berry in, which, by the way, Josh Berry at Martinsville plus seven hundred plus eight hundred probably should consider that too. Mm-hmm. Justin Allgaier, 
Not a big Martinsville guy. Not the best guy at Martinsville. So I'm really looking at Sam Mayer at 12 to 1. Think about Make it. One of his shoes if he loses. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll mm-hmm. put the – but we got to put the house on Sam Mayer. Okay. I'm, I'm with it. So that I'm, I'm fine with I'm fine with podcast. We can end Sam the show Mayer. there. We can end it there. How about that? That's beautiful. Look, you know where to follow us at. You follow me at Garage Guy Chase. Follow Dale at Dale Tanhart. Collectively at Garage Guys FS. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and we're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and pretty much every other social media platform that exists. Follow the Garage Guys. We are the new era of NASCAR, and that's just how it be. And uh, we're going to fucking put the house on Sam Mayer at Martinsville. We're going to put some money on Ryan Blaney. I'm going solo bet this week. We don't know what's going to happen in cut. We don't know what's what's coming up for the Phoenix championship, but we do know this. This is where NASCAR lives now. So you've been warned. This is the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. We out.